So one of the most confusing things that we hear from newcomers is what does it mean to let go and let God? And ultimately, what does it mean to surrender whatever it is that we walk through the doors seeking recovery for? Today, we're going to talk about it. Welcome to Hope in Recovery, a Fellowship Celebrate Recovery podcast. This is a podcast that that shares hope and healing for our mental, spiritual, emotional, and relational journey through life change stories and recovery topics. And um, they're all centered on the principles of Celebrate Recovery based on the Beatitudes where Jesus helps us to face our hurts, hangups, and habits so that we can walk in freedom and uh, ultimately live out the purpose that Christ has for us. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. And uh, hey, thanks for joining us today. We're trying out something new on our Fellowship Celebrate Recovery YouTube channel. You may be watching it on on our YouTube channel. And so we're, we're experimenting with some new ways. But thanks for the great response and feedback we're getting. Uh, glad that our, our forever family is enjoying this podcast. But um I'm the ministry leader with uh, Fellowship Celebrate Recovery here in Rogers, and I've got my brother here, Andy, uh, who is the ministry leader for Fellowship uh, Fayetteville Celebrate Recovery. Andy, glad you're here with me, man. Yeah, yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. once you introduce yourself, yeah, and absolutely. We'll jump in. Yeah, hey, hey, y'all, I am a grateful believer in Jesus. I struggle with anxiety and depression, sexual addiction, and my name is Andy. And like Rodney said, I get to serve as the ministry leader for Fellowship Fayetteville Celebrate Recovery. Yeah, we, both of campuses meet on Friday nights, and we'd always love to have you. But so we're talking about a topic, Andy, and it, it can be a little bit confusing. I'm excited to have this conversation with you because. Um, it can be confusing for a newcomer when we say, now's the time to surrender. It's like, okay, I'm ready to let go and let God. What does that mean? I don't even know <laughs> where to start with that, right? So let's yeah. jump in. What does that mean, Andy, for you? You're thinking about your journey when you first walk through the doors of Celebrate Recovery and someone says, hey, it's time to let go and let God. What does that mean? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. We always talk about you know, that word surrender always comes up in this idea of, of, of letting go and letting God. And, and I, I wasn't real sure what that, honestly, I wasn't real sure what that phrase meant when I first got into recovery, but I had an idea of what surrender was yeah. and it wasn't a positive thing. Uh, I, I thought about surrender as a sense of, I, I had a, uh, a task or, or, or an undertaking that I was, I was going into and, and surrender meant that I didn't have what it took to follow through, mm. that I just wasn't enough, yeah. that I wasn't going to make it. And so it was time for me to, yeah, I failed. Yeah. It's time for me to give up. Isn't that cruel how the enemy uses something that's so pure and so holy to surrender to God, to Jesus Christ, and then turn that on its head and make it a lie? Yeah. How cruel is that? <laughs> yeah. He's pretty good at that. Yeah. Enemy. Yeah. 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 So you, so you were looking at it as kind of a performance. I'm not yeah. performing correctly. And so, um, almost, almost in a weird way, it became, how do I perform 
on the other going the other way, right? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna surrender so that I can perform, but that's really not the context of what we're talking about when we talk about letting go. No, yeah, it's it's really not, you know. Yeah, I you know, and I think also my idea of surrender was colored by kind of the military sense mm. in there. Uh, I love like World War II history and stuff like yeah. that. And, you know, the the idea of surrender and that is just, it, it literally means like you couldn't win the battle. Mm. You weren't good enough. You lost. Uh, and, and so it, it's admitting defeat. Uh, but that's not really what we mean when we talk about surrender to God. Yeah, it's not defeat at all, is it? We're actually winning by giving up. Ooh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is so backwards from what the world says. So, so one of the foundational things of celibate recovery to starting the journey is principle one of celibate recovery, where we realize that we're that we're not God, that we're powerless. Yeah, absolutely. What does that mean to be powerless? Yeah, yeah. Well, even just backing up a little bit, that idea of letting go, you know, and even we were talking earlier about this, you know, what is it that we're letting go of? Yeah. And I know for me in recovery, uh, when, when I first started this process, I had to realize that there were actually some things that I was holding on to, Mm. you know, while I, I'm not, uh, you know, pain happens, uh, no matter if we're in a healthy spot or an unhealthy spot, we may have pain that is caused by our own poor choices. But oftentimes in my life, I did a really bad, well, I did a really bad job of trying to control and manage my pain uh, and my relationships and in the circumstances and outcomes of everything. And oftentimes that led me to the things that caused me to need celebrate recovery. Yeah. Uh, And so learning that I needed to let go of the things I was holding on to that I didn't even know I was holding on to. Yeah. I think that that scripture just that whoever clings to his life will lose it. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> it's like wait, what? Yeah, whoever clings to his life, but whoever loses his life will be exalted. Right? It's it's like whoa, this is completely backwards from everything. So what am I holding on to? What is the thing that I'm holding on to that's causing me to lose life? And and we're just saying, hey, whatever that is in your hands let go of that. But what does that look like to practically let go? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, I think the first step, you know, to that, that idea of realize that I am powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing. The first step of letting go is realizing that, uh, the strength to live this life in a healthy way. Mm. I had to realize it doesn't come from me. Yeah. Uh, but rather I needed, uh, you know, for years and years and years trying to control things. I tried to do it under my own understanding, yeah. my strength, my best plan for how to get through things. And I had to realize that my best effort wasn't going to lead to the healing that I needed, mm. uh, which is a humbling thing. Yeah. But I can't let go of something until I realize it's not working. Yeah, that's so good. I can't let go of something until I realize it's not working. It's worth repeating. So I know we've talked about just that analogy of you playing football. Yeah. And I think that's such an appropriate <laughs> story. Tell, tell me about that because I think our listeners will appreciate that. Yeah, fun fun fact. I uh, I played 
I played high school football over at Northwest High School up south of St. Louis in Missouri. But uh, I, I was an offensive lineman, and I remember one time at practice, uh, we, we did these things called board drills. And they took this really wide two-by-four and you know placed it on the ground. And then they, they took two high school kids and put us helmet to helmet. Sounds so delightful. I know. And so safe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they put us helmet to helmet. They would blow a whistle. And our job was to push the other guy off the other end of this 12-foot board. And uh, so I remember going up against a, a friend of mine that was about the same size as me. And he just whipped my butt, man. Uh, and... I got up off the ground after he just kind of pushed me off the end of that board and just kind of threw me down. Uh, and I, I thought, no, we're, it's not, it's not going out this way. And so <laughs> I'm not I said, going down easy on this. Yeah. I yeah. said, no, let's do it again. And sure enough, same thing happened again. The same thing happened again. Same thing happened. And it, and it was a, eventually I just had to go, all right, I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's not the surrender that we're talking about. That's yeah. not the surrender that God invites us into. And I think realizing that surrender in our relationship with God is actually an invitation. Mm. You know, my wife and I, we've got a two-year-old daughter right now named Harper, and she's awesome. And she's also just learning how to figure out how the way the world works. And it's really funny to watch her try and figure things out. And yeah. uh, one of her favorite snacks is a cheese stick, uh, which <laughs> she's got good taste, man. She's got really stick. good taste. Uh, <laughs> but she has no idea just the mechanical workings of opening mm. a cheese stick out of the plastic wrapping. I have struggles with that. Me, me too. Me too. Man. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is a broken world, man. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, she has no idea how it works, but man, she tries. Yeah. And what's funny is she tries to the point where she gets really frustrated and can't do it. And, yeah. and me and my wife, Julia, we're standing over here, over her going, hey, Harper, hand that to me. Yeah. Let, let me do this for you. Yeah. And I think that's a whole lot closer to what surrender actually looks like in our relationship with God. Yeah. He's saying, just hand that to me. What I love about that is Jesus knows where we are. I mean, I'm yeah. thinking about you with Harper. She just turned two. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what her abilities are. You know where, what she understands. You know what she's capable of, right? Yeah. And I think sometimes um, we kind of try to fast forward the maturing process, right? Mm. We just... Hey, I just need to be able to do all of this stuff. Well, you're only two. And when I can't, <laughs> when I come into recovery, I'm just a baby. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and what, what a great picture. I just, I love when you were talking, I just, I just saw this visual of the father reaching down, you know, when we're in that place of surrender, he knows exactly what we're capable of doing. It's like, I just remember even helping my kids pick up toys. Right. It's like, I know, I know what you um, you don't know how to clean your room yet. So it's like, Hey, let's pick up the toys and let me help you with this. And so there's this process of grace and tenderness and walking alongside, and I'm going to help you put these toys in there. And eventually you're going to figure this out and you're going to know what it means to, to pick up toys and put them in there. But just that, I love that picture of just, he, he's going to meet us where we are and he's not going to expect something that we're incapable of doing. Right. 
Yeah. It's not like you surrender and now you have this vast Bible knowledge and you know everything about recovery and, and you're instantly healed and you're in this place of recovery and and you just got it all figured out, right? It's like yeah. he's grabbing your hand and I when you were talking, it just hit me. It's like, what a tender picture. Yeah. When we surrender, he meets us exactly where we are. Well, and that was so huge for me to realize is that Whenever I thought of surrender, my shame messages came online. Mm. And I thought that God saw me in my weakness the way yeah. that I saw me in my weakness. Yeah. But the reality is, is that surrender is actually a part of God's grace towards us. Mm. That he gives us an opportunity to come to him. Yeah. And rather than seeing me the way that I see myself... He sees me the way a loving, perfect father does because mm. he is the perfect father. And he sees me in that place, not just, just the messiness of where I'm at, but he sees me fully and completely. You know, the Bible tells us how he, he knew us before the foundation of the world. Mm. You know, you go back to Psalm 139, all of my days are written in your book yeah. of life. He knows us completely and fully before we were ever born, better than we know ourselves, better than we will ever know ourselves. Mm. And so he knows what we're capable of and what we're not capable of to that idea. Yeah. And he loves us in that place. And it's never a voice of shame that God gives right. us in that broken place. It's always a voice of invitation and love. Yeah, like that abide. It's not a command. It's an invitation. Yeah. Abide in me. And every ounce of fruit that will come out of you will be an extension of you being connected to me. Yeah. Well, you know what comes to mind when you said that is probably the the, the verse that I associate the most with surrender it's it's matthew chapter 11 yeah. 28 through 30 yeah. and it's it's literally jesus giving us an invitation come to me yeah all you who are weary and heavy laden i will give you rest take your yoke upon me yeah and learn from me for i'm gentle and humble of heart mm. for my yoke is easy and your my burden is light and you'll find rest for your souls and that idea of yoke we're not talking about eggs there but we're we're talking about it's it's a farming illustration and it's so beautiful uh the idea of two oxen being yoked together to pull a plow mm. first and foremost the yoke was always something that was handcrafted to each particular ox mm. So that there wasn't any spots uh, over its it's shoulders. Perfectly. Yeah, it yeah. fits perfectly, and it's it's not going to be a hindrance or a burden to you. Yeah. But second, any time that they were training up a younger ox to to pull a plow, they would always put him up against the older ox. Yeah. Uh, and what's so cool is that it was always the older ox that would pull the full weight of the plow, mm. and the younger ox was just learning what it felt like to walk yeah. next to that older ox and pull that plow together. Yeah. And that's what Jesus invites us to. Yeah. And what a cool thing is we walk with him. We learn how we, that's the maturing yeah. process. That's the recovery process. We learn how to gain the strength to face the challenges in healthy ways. Yeah. Even though the old, old us would, would try new, 
you know, those old coping or numbing agents or, or whatever that is. So well, we're going to take a quick break here. Um, and then when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Andy Petrie, uh, ministry leader, fellowship, faith, we'll celebrate recovery, Rodney Holmstrom with uh, celebrate recovery and Rogers. And, um, just talking about surrender and what it looks like to let go and let God, when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. We'll be right back. Well, if you have never experienced the first night of the year at Celebrate Recovery, you need to check it out. It's an incredible chance for us to start the new year off right uh, and in focusing on our relationship with God, taking stock of, of the pain of the past, the fear that might be weighing us back, or, or some of the things that maybe we do need to let go and let God have. And so coming up this very first Friday of this brand new year, we're having our Nail It to the Cross night, uh, both at Celebrate Recovery over at Fellowship Fayetteville and Celebrate Recovery up in Rogers, Arkansas. And it's going to be a powerful, powerful night. And so if you've never been, come and check it out. Start the New Year's off right with us. And if you've been coming for a long time, you haven't experienced it like this before. And so you're not going to want to miss it in this incredible chance for us to hand those things that are going on in our life over to Jesus and actually nail those things to the cross, symbolically reminding us what he's done. It'll be a Friday night, January 6th, 2023. We'd love to see you there. Welcome back. Um, We've been talking about uh, what it means to let go, to truly surrender and what that looks like in our life. And uh, great conversation already, Andy. So so I love the picture when we, we were talking about just that fits perfectly and he pulls it uh, for us and teaches us as a younger oxen to, to learn how to walk in recovery. Uh, but that, that idea of surrender, it really is a pride killer, isn't it? Yeah. It, it seems like if if surrenders the the goal, uh, the thing that's preventing us is pride, mm-hmm. right? And what was some of the things? Just thinking about there might be some folks that are listening right now that are wondering. I don't know if I can do that, and just kind of calling that out for what it is, and why why is pride there, and what what's some of the reasons why pride might be showing up? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I think for me, one of the reasons why pride showed up is because. Uh, for a long time in my life, I thought it, that if I asked for help, that meant that there was something wrong with me. And so asking for help was a bad thing. Uh, but in reality, I had to learn that whenever I refuse to ask for help, I actually keep myself from finding the help that I need. And all it does is lengthen the pain and it keeps me stuck where I'm at. And you know, I, I had to come to the point where I said, would I rather be alone, frustrated and still have my problem or have people around me ha- get the help I need and start improving where I'm at? And I'm like, man, one of those sounds a whole lot better than the other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We talk with, you know, how bad does it have to get? Um, you know, rock bottom is an option, but it's not necessary. Yeah. Right. It's not it's not required. Yeah. He's like, well, I need to hit my rock bottom. Well, you don't have to hit rock bottom before you 
give up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I also tell, you know, I, I tell guys all the time, like I can choose to let this be my rock bottom. Yeah. You know, we say all the time that people won't change until their fear or, or until their pain. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Let me I do that, let me do that again. Yeah. <laughs> so oftentimes people won't change until their pain exceeds their fear of yeah. change. And so they're, you know, and there's also good reasons why, you know, the things that we run to to protect and comfort us all our life oftentimes have been the way that we have survived. They're the ways that we've made it forward. And, you know, especially if something that you deal with is something like workaholism, it's probably resulted in a pretty lucrative career and people relying on you in there. But we have to come to the point of realizing that it doesn't work for us anymore. Uh, yeah. 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 I was, you know, through that, where is our source of power to surrender is to acknowledge that there is a power greater than myself. And that is a humbling thing. You know, it takes a lot of humility to admit that. Um, but I was, I was sharing this with some guys this morning in my step study, actually, we're right in the middle of writing out our inventory and we, we had some practice sessions of writing stuff out and we're trying to get our inventories written out before we end book three. But one of the things we were talking about is, uh, and if I had a cup here, I'd show you, but if I had a cup and it was empty, you could look at that cup and say, you know, there's nothing in here. And I could focus on the emptiness of that cup. Mm. Right. But really, there's nothing I can do to change that emptiness. The only way I solve that emptiness is for something to be poured into it. Mm. And I was just, we were kind of just exploring that as we think about the my part, which it's just an inventory. It's a, and that's down the road if you're, if you're new to this. But we walk into recovery with the my part. That's the compulsive behaviors. It's the habits. It's the choices, the defenses, the protections. All those things are the things that have probably be become our focus. We're trying to white knuckle our way through our own power to to manage that, right? Yeah. And we can't chase away darkness and sin by focusing on sin and darkness. Mm -hmm. The only way that darkness is overcome is by light, right? The only way the emptiness and and sin is um taken care of and addressed is by the presence of light, the presence of a savior presence of the one who has the power to help us face whatever it is we're working through. And so we're just talking through that this morning and just, you know, what is, you know, my, my, um, salvation doesn't mean that there's no more sin. It just means there's a presence of God. It's the presence of light in my life. Yeah. And, it's not my job to manage the darkness and focus on the darkness. My job is to surrender and invite in the presence to let him fill my emptiness, have him fill my darkness, uh, to fill the, the sin in my life with his hope and his presence, his light. I yeah. thought that's a good way kind of looking at that. Yeah. You know, I had a friend of mine, uh, one of our, one of our pastors here at fellowship, Brian Pope was telling us the, uh, there's two ways to empty out a milk jug. You can either open the top and pour the milk out down the sink, and then you're left with an empty jug, or you can put it under the tap mm. and let water run into it. Yeah. 
And as that water fills the jug, that milk gets pushed out. Yeah. And then you're left with a full jug in there. And that, yeah. that's kind of what that reminds me of. Yeah. yeah. Allowing God to fill us up. Well, we're, we're in that holiday season, and I think it's appropriate just Emmanuel. Mm. Emmanuel's God with us. There's nothing that can change us greater than just the presence of Emmanuel with us, that he's with us in whatever I've got in my hands, right? We're talking about that stuff that I'm holding on to. It's like, what do I surrender? What am I letting go of? Well, it's the very thing that's killing me. So letting Jesus have that is starts with allowing his power, his presence into my struggle that I could actually speak his name, not just as a name, Emmanuel, but as a declaration, yeah, as a statement that says, God is with me in my addiction. God is with us in our brokenness. He's with us in our storms. If I can believe that and take that into my heart, then change begins to happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, and as you're talking, it almost seems like another way you could phrase, let go and let God is stop trying to control it and learn to depend on me. Mm. Learn to trust me. Yeah. Uh, and so learning how to surrender is learning how to trust God with those things. Yeah. Hand them over to him. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's and that dependence, right? Do I, do I depend on him? When I put my full dependence on something, we're sitting in chairs right now. Yeah. We put a full dependence on this chair, right? We 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 realize I'm going to sit and I'm trusting this this is going to hold me, right? And in a recovery lens, we're putting our dependence on a power that we believe will carry us through the storm. That will his presence will be enough that I can't I'm still a sinner who sins, and every single day I'm going to need his mercy and his grace. So there's a daily, and we've talked about that, and maybe we talk just unpack that a little bit when we say to daily surrender my life and my will over to his care and control. What does that practically look like on a daily basis? So maybe I've come into the process, I've surrendered, and now what? What does that look like on a daily basis? On a daily basis, yeah. <laughs> moment yeah. by moment basis. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier, and I think one of the things that it reminds me of, uh, I've got a lot of weird stories from my life, but one <laughs> season I worked at the Bass Pro Shops in Branson, Missouri, and I was oh, a, yes. uh, I know, God's country. I love it. <laughs> but uh, I was a, I was, I worked in the footwear department for, for a hot minute there, and I was not that big of a fan of that of that job. Yeah. But I I didn't have any other choice to be there and it was really hard for me. And I can remember multiple times throughout the day going back into the stock room mm. and taking a second by myself and praying, God, I can't do this. Mm. I just can't do this. Yeah. But I'm here. Yeah. And I, I have to do this. Hmm. And so, Lord, would you just give me the strength to do it? Yeah. And it was amazing how, and I don't know how many times I prayed in that stock room. Hmm. Uh, but every single time it was a recentering of my heart on the fact that I can't do this on my own strength. And God, you're going to have to pull through. Yeah. 
And it's amazing how God takes that heart attitude of, I need you. Yeah. And works through it. Yeah. And he gives us what we need to get through where we're at today. Hmm. Yeah. It reminds me, you know, Celebrate Recovery, if you're just hearing this for the first time, Celebrate Recovery is based on the Beatitudes where Jesus is is giving this sermon and he's saying, hey, if you want to be blessed, if you want to be happy in your life, doesn't mean your circumstances are going to change, but in spite of your circumstances, do these things. And I think it's appropriate, you know, in, in the light of what we're talking about right now, that when we're talking about um, this idea of realizing I'm not God, I am powerless. And Jesus, I love the metaphors he used, the, just the word pictures when he says, blessed are those who are spiritually poor, right? Just this idea of, and I love the visual, if you just imagine a, a poor man on the corner who hasn't eaten in days and he's holding out this cup mm. and he's saying, if you don't put something in this cup, I'm going to die. I'm going to starve to death. And that's the picture that Jesus is giving us in that idea of surrender. This is place of desperation that if you don't put something in this cup, Lord, I'm going to die. And there's a recognition that you're the only one that can fill this cup to give me the life that I long for right now. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I need you to, to fill this up. I need your presence. It's just this point of, of breaking, which can be painful, but can be life changing. Yeah. Right. We, one of the greatest prayers we can pray is help me. Mm. I don't know what to say, but Lord help me. I'm, I'm hurting. I'm broken. I'm lost and I need you. Yeah. Um, any closing thoughts from you, man? Somebody's listening mm. and they're struggling. They know they're hurting. They just don't know what this looks like. And how would you encourage them, man? Yeah, I think, you know, that even as we were talking about this whole conversation, the verse that came to mind for me was Colossians 316. Mm. Uh, and it's a verse that says, it just says simply, let the word of Christ dwell among you richly. Mm. And, you know, it, whenever you, if you didn't know, the Bible was actually originally written in Greek. And sometimes we lose a little bit of some of the sweetness of that in our English yeah. translations. But that, that phrase, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, it, it can also be stated, let the word of Christ, let the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is and what he's done, have ample room in your heart to do whatever it wants to do. Mm. And so surrender, what I've had to learn in my life is that surrender is me learning. And, and I think learning is the key word there. Mm. Learning to say, God, whatever you want to do in my life, that's what I want. Yeah. And so lead me because I can't do this, but you tell me that you can. Mm. And so I wonder for, for somebody listening today, if, if you're thinking about this, I wonder what it would look like for you today to say, God, I want to trust you with this. Mm, yeah. As you were talking, I was just thinking, um, Psalm 50, 15, 
Just imagine if you're listening right now and just listen to the father calling you. He's speaking this to you right now. He says, call upon me in your day of trouble and I will deliver you. And here's a cool thing. As he delivers us, here's the response. The last part of that verse is, and you will honor me. Mm. How cool is that? When we call upon him and we enjoy the fruit of being delivered, we actually are bringing honor to him. It's allowing him to be God in our life. Mm. I feel that just feels so good just to take that in. It's like, this isn't about me performing so that God will love me more. There's nothing I can do that will separate me from his love. But the hope is if, if we'll call on him, that he will actually, as we come home to him, he'll actually change our choices and deliver us and live a life that, that, um, that honors him. That's pretty cool. What a cool mission statement for us in that space. So good stuff, man, man, that time goes by flat, uh, very fast, but, um, uh, grateful to have a conversation with you, Andy. We, we may have to bring this topic back again because I yeah. think we could, we could yeah, talk. Yeah, we definitely could talk a we long could time talk on more, this. more on that. But, um, hey, if you're listening, um, we just want to say thanks for for being here with us today. And, and check us out on our YouTube channel as well. But, hey, if you're looking for a, a family to bring your hurts, hangups, and habits to deal with, whatever that is that's in your hands, can we just encourage you to come be a part of that We'd love for you to join us on a Friday night in Fayetteville or Rogers. And we've got a lot of great groups in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, we've got a full list of the Northwest Arkansas groups at fellowshipcr.org. And uh, we, we want to encourage you to take part. Maybe you need an additional meeting. We'd love for you to be a part of that. But um, come see us on a Friday night, fellowshipcr.org. We meet every Friday night at 6 p.m. for a meal. And then we have our 7 o'clock general meeting starts, and it's going to be a great experience, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. But we hope you've enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for your high rating and sharing this podcast. Thanks for listening. Until then, God bless.